The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. All right, let's rock and roll. It is uh, six minutes after seven o'clock on your Monday evening, and welcome to the show. John Pincus is in the hot seat again tonight. The phone calls and the phone lines already open. How about that? 416 870 uh, 416-870-6400. 416-870-6400. is the way you want to reach out through email. Bring your questions on if you're uh, heading back to work this week or if you're a... Uh, in the food service industry, and you're lucky to be back at work on a patio somewhere. You're being called back. You're nervous. You're not sure how to handle things. You have temporary layoff itis, and you want to get some questions and how all that works as we're in the midst of the COVID-19. As you were talking to Arlene, we're not done yet, so there's still a ton of questions out there. Bring them on. That or, for uh, for that matter, any other employment, uh, employment law questions, because unlike the uh, workforce, the employment rights, your employment law is not on a temporary layoff. The, uh, the rules... And the laws are still robust, they're still active, and you're still on your side. So if you have any questions about anything tonight, please do not hesitate. Starts with a knowledgeable phone call. No harm done, right? 416-870-6400. We will also get into reasons why people accept bad severance packages. This may be you, so listen up for that as we carry on here. If we've got time, we'll get to some emails. But first, brother, we always start with the week that was. you got a couple things going on, John. What's happening, pal? I do, I do. Well, sadly, what's happening is uh, with uh, the pandemic and with a lot of these temporary layoffs now becoming permanent terminations, a lot of people are losing their jobs. So uh, what we're doing as employment lawyers is making sure that these people are being treated fairly uh, when that happens. And hopefully people who are listening, if, if you have a friend or family member who's in that situation, please do give us a call because that's uh, what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so talking about a few situations, the first one involves someone who was working for a large company for about four years as a supervisor. And he was re- he was recently let go and told that he would be getting one month per year of his service. So he came to me and he asked if he was getting an adequate severance package. So I asked him his age. He happened to be in his late 40s, his position, and his years of service. And I determined that he was probably entitled to about six months pay based on his four years of service. But after speaking with him a little further, it became clear that this man had actually had quite a history with the company. What happened is he'd worked for them for 20 years, starting when he was in his early 20s, and then about five years uh, ago, left briefly to go back to school. Now, when he came back, they put him in the same position, same salary, wasn't interviewed for it, didn't have to submit a resume, Mm -hmm. same vacation entitlement, same bonus. It it was like he never left. So I told him, I said, well, hang on a second. You're not really a four-year employee. You're a 24-year employee employee. So your entitlement could be anywhere from 20 to 24 months pay, which is a huge, huge increase. And and this is why it's so important to speak to an employment lawyer when you're let go, because these things make a huge difference. And this in this person's case, we're talking about well over $100,000. So extremely, extremely important. Uh, Again, this is why it's always important to speak to an employment lawyer uh, before you sign the dotted line. Getting some calls lined up here. 416-870-6400 is the number. Let's move on to uh, matter number two, pal. What is it? So the second situation uh, was a 63-year-old gentleman who was employed for a small company for just under three years. Uh, He was working as a technician, and he had signed an employment agreement when he started. So about two weeks ago, he was let go, and the company said, okay, we're letting you go without cause, and pursuant to your employment agreement with us, we owe you two weeks' pay under the Employment Standards Act. But we're so nice, 
If you'll sign this full and final release by Friday, we'll give you an extra two weeks pay. So he came to us and the first thing I asked him, of course, is send me the employment agreement that they were relying on. And after a few minutes, it was clear to me that this termination clause that they were relying on was completely illegal, unenforceable garbage. So this was not someone who was owed uh, two weeks pay. This was someone who was owed six months pay and benefits. And you know, Johnny told me, he said, thank goodness I called you before this deadline because I was about to sign. Uh, And remember, in most cases, uh, for anyone who's listening, that deadline is not there because the employer is being generous. Generous, or it's because they know they have more exposure than that. So when you sign a release, it is too late to do anything about it. So please speak to us before that happens. And don't assume simply because you have an employment contract that you're not entitled to more severance. You know, this is a bit of an aside, but in many cases, I have employers who don't even comply with their own employment contracts and their severance <laughs> packages. It happens. It happens. I, I, yeah. I see this probably once a week right now, uh, if, if not more. And, and that is just uh, astounding to me. And these and employees who call me often have no idea that not only are they not getting their common law entitlements, they're not even getting what their employer says is supposed to be in their employment contract. So it's right. absolutely vital uh, that you have these things reviewed uh, before you sign off. It is 416-870-6400. Again, get a phone call in here quickly. Get some information. It takes zero effort, and you might walk away that much smarter. Rob, thanks for uh, standing by for a moment there. How are you? I'm good. Beautiful. What's uh, What's on your mind, pal? Uh, so interestingly, I, so I, I'm in the entertainment business. I uh, was laid off really early, obviously, because live events just stopped dead in right. uh, early March. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, recently, my employers offered to uh, take me off of uh, where I'm at and take me on to a paid leave of absence. Uh, I think it takes me off of CERB and puts me onto the Fuse. Right. So a- a- am I right in-, in guessing that they're going to be paying you 75% of your salary or $847, whichever is less? Is it that kind of arrangement? Correct. That's exactly the offer that I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I w- <laughs> the reason I'm, I'm able to guess is not because I, I have the power of foresight, but because, of course, I see this all the time. Uh, I've seen this dozens and dozens of times. Um, and it's a very, very common thing that employers are doing. And, and what they're basically saying is, okay, well, uh, to qualify for this, this is all we have to pay our employees. The government's not actually requiring them to pay 100%. So we're just going to offer this to our employees. Now, you, you really have a choice, Rob. I mean, you, you can accept that and you can say, all right, you know what? This is not normal, but for the time being, uh, as long as this is temporary, I'm going to accept this. Um, or you can decide that, no, I'm, I'm not going to accept this. I'm going to wait uh, until you have my full salary because this might be more than CERB, but if I'm going to work full hours, I want to be paid full pay. And, and quite frankly, I think that's a personal decision to make. The only thing that I would stress here is that if you choose to uh, accept it uh, at this 75% rate, you know, just just make sure you're clear with them that, of course, this is going to be temporary and, and this is going to be, um, you know, you, you're going to revisit this as things go on. Because if, if it's six months from now and they're still paying you $847 a week, obviously that's right. going to be a big problem, right? So yeah. it, it, it may be the right decision to go back because, of course, this is, this is more than you're going to get under serve, uh, but you, you don't have to. Uh, the law does not require you to accept a small fraction uh, of your salary um, as a term of your employment. And of course, if this were to become uh, permanent, it would obviously that would be a constructive termination. Um, so you know what, for, for many people, I think it is going to make sense to accept this on a temporary basis, but just make sure that, that you do it, make it explicit that it is temporary and try and get a sense of how long it's expected to be. 
Now, because of the uh, situation where we're at, where we don't know whether we might back off into a stage one or uh, have to take some steps back, if I am put on a uh, paid leave, or sorry, if I I'm on a paid leave of absence, and then they lay me off again, is it likely to impact my ability to access uh, whatever EI or CERB process that might exist then? It's a good question, and the only people who know the answer to that, if they, if these people even know, uh, is the federal government. Uh, and the federal government is kind of playing it by ear right now, right? We've seen right. a lot of uh, strange rules in place. Uh, for example, one of the rules that's in place right now is you can get CERB even if you've received a severance package. That's That's been on the government website. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about how long are we going to extend uh, CERB. So I, I actually don't think anyone knows the answer to that, uh, to be honest with you. But... Right. Uh, um, I think that if your employer is offering you uh, more money than CERB is currently offering you, mm-hmm. um, you know, as long as the devil's not in the details and as long as all it is saying is, look, we're going to pay this amount on a temporary basis um, so that you can receive more than CERB, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. And for most people, it's probably going to make sense to take that for the time being. Terrific. I appreciate that. No problem. Rob, appreciate your call. If you want to uh, reach out further, uh, if this goes uh, down the line a little further, you're not sure, that's uh, no problem. Give John a call, one 821 5900 Again, Rob, and for you as well, one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. You want to reach out through email. If Rob says, you know what, guys, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. I hear what you're saying, but temporary, I'll do this temporarily. That should not be verbal, right? That should be written. He should have record of that, correct? Yeah, he should he should have that in writing. Now, I, I should say that you know my my cynicism does have limits here. <laughs> um, I actually I actually don't. I think that the vast majority of employers know, particularly for people who earn much much more uh, than the eight hundred forty seven dollars a week, know that right. of course they, they can only do this as a temporary measure. And if they do it as a temporary measure, uh, it is technically not illegal to be doing that right now, given the state mm-hmm. of things. Um, yeah. So you just have to keep an eye on things and and make sure that um, uh, you have some idea that there is you know light at the end of the tunnel and that you're going back to your job because if they can't bring you back um, into your full salary that's the point they're going to owe you a severance package yeah the uh, number by the way to call like rob be smart like rob 416-870-6400 man get some answers just that simple 416-870-6400 you got lots of time it's only uh 716 on a absolutely stunning monday night here in toronto reasons why people accept bad severance packages number one and i mean number one they don't realize they are entitled to more that is 99.9 percent of people not because they're stupid just because they don't know right right and and in many cases it's very difficult to know, and you wouldn't, of yep. course, know if unless you've spoken to an employment lawyer. And this is particularly the case uh, for people who have employment contracts. But there's many cases where there isn't an employment contract. The offer may look fair on its face, like that first example I gave. Um, and as it turns out, the offer is extremely inadequate. So uh, really make sure that you speak with an employment lawyer because um, if you, you know if you can go on the severancepaycalculator.com, you enter in your your age, your length of service, your position, your salary. You'll get an idea of uh, the likelihood that you are owed more severance, and then you can speak to us, and within a few minutes, uh, you'll know whether it's fair or whether you fall into the majority of people, which is you know something receiving something that's inadequate. Number two is this. They relied on advice from dun, 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 the Ministry of Labor. Oh, boy. Right. The Ministry of Labor, an organization that I can imagine is, is up to its ears uh, yeah. in inquiries right now, and I, I uh, uh, really do not envy them. 
But of course, the ministry, this is the one area where the ministry uh, is or, or at least should be off the hook because, of course, the ministry does not have the authority or the responsibility to advise people of their full severance entitlements. That's our responsibility as employment lawyers. Uh, the Ministry of Labor can only advise with respect to your minimum entitlements. And for most people, uh, that's just not going to be relevant because your employer typically is going to acknowledge, is going to know what your minimum entitlements are. It's your full severance entitlements. That's where uh, the severance pay calculator comes into play. Those are not governed by the Employment Standards Act. Those can only be assessed by an employment lawyer. And you know, if you go to the Ministry of Labor uh, and look at what your entitlements are under the Employment Standards Act, that's a fraction of your full yeah. entitlements. So that is not the place to go. Uh, give the Ministry of Labor a break. They really could use it. Uh, call us instead. We're, we're happy to take your calls. <laughs> And with that, we'll take our uh, first break of the evening here. By the way, I should mention that pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. What an amazing website. And in there as well, the severance pay calculator. But go use it, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Absolutely free and anonymous. The phone call here, though, 416-870-6400. Rick, big fella, I see you there. Stand by. You are up next as we continue Employment Law Show right here, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. 721 Monday evening, right back to reasons why people accept bad severance packages in just a few moments here, but always, always, always phone calls, top priority, 416 870 6400 that is how we roll and patiently waiting rick on the sidelines hey rick you're uh, you're up pal how are you i'm not bad how are you beautiful what's on your mind okay i got a question for you actually a couple of them first off is there a statute of limitations on when you can go back after a company for something Yes, it's uh, two years. Two years from the date the cause of action arises. So for two most people, two years. Yes. So for most people, that's going to be uh, the date that you get your uh, termination letter. Okay. Um, this was neither a termination nor was it actually voluntary on my side. I'll give you the circumstances. I drove a truck for a company in Toronto, mm-hmm. and the arrangement I had with them. Uh, because of certain circumstances, was that I bring a truck home on a weekend because I didn't have a vehicle, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, last June, they arbitrarily decided that I couldn't take truck home anymore, okay? Um, And they did it in such a a rotten manner, it's the only way I can put it nicely, that um, I just uh, I just decided that I'd had enough of it, and uh, I retired. Now, okay. Uh, well, th- that's the reason I'm asking is because they basically forced me to retire. Right. So, so the the claim here, uh, if it was if it's viable, the claim here would be for constructive dismissal. So okay. you're saying the reason that you felt forced to leave was because this truck uh, that I suppose you you used for for personal uses in addition to business is that right? No, no. It was a big truck, Class Eight. I okay. came home. It sat in my driveway. I looked after it. I washed the thing. I took care of it. And on uh, Sunday evening, I'd go back down to work, hook to a trailer, go get a load on on Monday morning, and go to work for two weeks. 
And I did that for, oh gosh, I worked for them for close to six or seven years, I guess. And uh, in various forms or another. Um, at one point, I owned my own. I got rid of it. Uh, that's another whole story. And then uh, they didn't have a truck, so I drove another truck for a guy that had it on there for three years. That kind of went belly up, and then I went into a company truck. And I was in that company truck for less than a year. And like I said, they arbitrarily decided that they weren't going to let me take the truck home anymore. And uh, when I asked... They fully expected me to go out and buy another vehicle so I could commute to work, and I couldn't afford it. Right. Okay. Well, see, that's that's where I think that your your case may be viable because if they made it a situation where you would have had to spend a substantial amount of money um, to perform your duties as compared to what you did before, that's almost like mm -hmm. a drop in compensation, right? So if you would have had to spend so much money that your overall net income would have been, you know, let's say fifteen percent less or or perhaps less than that, uh, could still be a constructive dismissal. So uh, I would recommend that you call us. Uh, because if we can show that by virtue of them taking away that truck, um, you lost a certain you you would have lost a certain percentage of your income to stay on, and they refused to give a, you a solution, it could be a viable case for constructive dismissal. So I would recommend that you give us a call, and like you uh, asked at the beginning, uh, do keep in mind that limitation period because once that two-year mark passes, um, it's going to be too late. And in your case, I would say that two-year mark is going to pass the day they told you that they were taking the truck away. So uh, don't wait on this. Definitely give us a call soon. Yeah, okay. Because as of now, there will be a year left on that statute of limitations. Um, right. You know, like this, I can just give you a quick idea how nasty this was. <sighs> I was in Ohio delivering a load to a customer. They phoned me at 8 o'clock in the morning, and the dispatcher said to me, how are you getting home tonight? And that's when they informed me I couldn't take truck home anymore. Nice. Very nice of them. Well, uh, look, it, it does sound like we should be taking some action here, so please do give us a call, and let's uh, hold them to account for uh, for what they did here. Appreciate the uh, the phone call, Rick. You want to reach out? Here is that number again, 1-855-821-5900, 1-855-821-5900. Give John a call and uh, carry on with that. The email address, by the way, is uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now, 870-6400, 416-870-6400. Got time for more of your calls. We got open lines, so uh, it's perfect. Bring it on. Reasons why people accept bad severance packages. Number three is this. They were worried about, oh, upset setting their employee, employer. Yeah, this is a completely uh, misplaced fear, I, I think. And what many people have to remember is that, you know, when, when you are talking about a severance package that's inadequate, um, your employer has breached your employment, right? They had an obligation to give you a fair severance package, and if they haven't done that, they've breached your employment agreement. So, you know, to dare say, you know what, I... I I don't think this is going to be enough for me um, is not uh, something that is uh, <laughs> really looked by looked at by any employer as brazen. They may not want to pay it, and that's why we have to intervene. Uh, but these are typically business negotiations. These these negotiations are assertive, uh, but they're not aggressive in tone. We're talking about the law. We're not talking about trying to hurt anyone. We're not trying. We're not talking about accusing someone of of doing something awful. We're talking about getting you the appropriate severance package that you're owed. And especially in this kind of climate, uh, people need adequate severance packages because they are going to be out for longer than they normally would be. 
Number uh, next one is this. The deadline in the termination letter only gave them two weeks. Friday at 5, you better respond, right? Right, right. Every termination letter has a deadline on it. Every, Almost every single one. It's usually one or two weeks. And the reason why this deadline is there uh, is because the employer really wants you to sign that release. And they're afraid that if you think about it too much or if you go and you seek advice, uh, then you may have second thoughts. And that's because you probably should have second thoughts. Uh, This severance package that's being offered to you uh, is being offered because the company has exposure. And if you look at what's in that release, that release is preventing you from bringing any claims whatsoever relating to your employment. That's what a typical release will look like. So what I tell clients is that, sure, I can't prevent your employer from doing something incredibly stupid like lowering the severance offer because you did not sign it by the deadline, but this is just not something that really happens because from the employer's perspective, it makes no sense. I can tell you, as someone who advises employers, I would never tell a company to pull a severance offer because a deadline was missed. That's the last thing that an employer wants to do. They don't want to invite a lawsuit. Uh, So just remember that when you're seeking advice, you're doing exactly what you should be doing, exactly what your employer is expecting you to do it's just a pressure tactic and every every severance offer has got one at the bottom doesn't it Exactly. And remember, like like Rick and I were just discussing a moment ago, the deadline to sign uh, to to seek your entitlements is two years. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean you should wait two years or one year or even one month. But uh, it does mean that unless that severance package being offered is adequate, that deadline that they've given you is meaningless. Uh, so right. that's when you need to speak with us. 416-870-6400. You still have time to call in, ask your questions here for the remainder of the show. It's only uh, 729. Yeah, my eyes are still half decent. That is the time, so, so bring them on. Talking about the reasons why people accept bad severance packages. This one, they were terminated for quote-unquote cause, so they're not going to argue it. Right. I mean, this is uh, fortunately... I can say in terms of the reasons why uh, people don't, uh, I know we've put it at number five, John, but in terms of the reasons why people uh, accept bad severance packages, if we were going by proportions, this probably wouldn't be close to the top. Thankfully, most people who are terminated for cause do give us a call uh, and do seek a better severance package because, of course, uh, for any listeners of the show, they will know that a termination for cause is really, really difficult for very rare circumstances, and it's really for things that are egregious, right? Fraud forgery, uh, you know, dishonesty, uh, you know, termination for cause on the basis of poor performance um, or, you know, not getting along with someone or a bad attitude is almost never illegal. And I'd probably say that probably less than 1% of cases that I see where the employer has alleged just cause is there actually just cause. So this is absolutely a reason uh, to speak with an employment lawyer. And remember, they're not offering you anything, so you've got nothing to lose by calling us. Uh, so make sure to, to, to get to make that call in those cases. Yeah, we've, I mean, we talked about this exact subject for an entire show. And, you know, employers generally, maybe it's out of ignorance, they don't know, maybe they didn't get advice themselves from an employment lawyer, but they pull the trigger far too quickly. And uh, when they don't have cause, they say, you know, you've screwed up one time, or you're late twice, out the door you go. That's enough for cause. It's like the death penalty of the employment relationship. So it, it's got to be a pretty high bar, right? It, it is. And remember that uh, employers are, you know, we think of them as these these entities, you know, these objective entities, but they're just made up of people and people get angry and people make mistakes. And a lot of times that I see employers allege just cause, they do it because they're angry. You did something that you, that they didn't like and they this is how that they're going to exercise their power as an employer over you. But it's in, in many cases, that is an abuse of power. Uh, and employers realize later on that actually, you know what, I was 
really just angry at the time. I probably should have paid yeah. a severance package, right? So just just remember that just because your employer says it's caused that, that's one person's opinion, right? They're telling mm-hmm. you their opinion is that it's just caused. That opinion is not necessarily true. And in fact, in most cases, it's not, it, it's not true. You know, you want to learn a lot more outside the uh, Monday, Wednesday night, the weekend shows, and, of course, the TV show. You can go uh, and check that out on the website as well for times, uh, employmentlawyer.ca. But you need for in, uh, more information, rather, anytime we're not here doing the show, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That is completely free. It's anonymous, and there's lots of stuff on there. It really is like having an employment lawyer on your cell phone or your tablet at all times. So check it out, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But here now for your questions, as you know, 416-870-6400. Another reason why people accept bad severance packages and they shouldn't, and this one is a uh, this one's completely understood. They cannot afford to pay legal fees or the fees that they think they're going to get. Right, and, and, and the clients will often assume that negotiating a severance package will cost thousands of dollars and and, and will put them in a worse situation than when they started. And and for many people, that's not necessarily how it's going to work. So you know, speaking for ST Law, for example, uh, like many law firms, there are numerous payment options. And and by definition, you know, most of our clients have lost their primary source of income. So well, yeah, of cor- <laughs> right. So so of course we we understand that they're not enthusiastic uh, about making a, a big investment of legal fees and we account for that we account for that so you know I always tell clients the last thing that I want uh, to stand in, in the way of a proper severance package is is our legal fees so there's all there's typically a number of options that we can talk about uh, and certainly that should not be the reason not to give us a call at least find out what we can offer you because uh, in, in 99% of cases we can we can find something that's going to work for you that number, by the way, you want to reach out any time, I'll give it to you, one 821 5900 This next one kind of dovetails nicely off the back of, you know, you'll charge too much legal fees, and they're also under the impression that, uh, you know, getting a better severance package than the measly one they've been offered will take months or years. It's going to be a court battle. It's going to be you can't handle the truth, all that business, but it's it's simply not that difficult. No, I mean, most severance packages can be negotiated in a fairly short period of time, and, and especially for people who are long-service employees who are going to have a lot of minimum entitlements that have to be paid right away. That often means that you're actually not going to have a gap in income uh, from when we start to when we finish uh, negotiating your severance package. Uh, so, you know, before making that assumption, speak to us because we can give you a fairly realistic, uh, you know, outcome or, or, or prediction of how long it's likely to take. We do this several hundred times a year. We've seen probably hundreds of cases similar to yours. Um, so talk to us about that because often we we can arrange things in such a way that uh, you're actually going to be able to live as you always did within your means and, and uh, before you know it, we'll uh, have this uh, your, your severance package improved. And I know from what you've said before and what Lior said before with you know, your average severance package and severance dispute with a company who realizes that a, a, a lot of people are going to come back and try to get more as they're legally allowed to do. These things are, most of them don't come in a thousand feet of a courtroom. It's, just, it's, it's not worth the time. It's not worth the legal aggravation for a company to go all the way to court when they know, you know what, we, we, we set out to give this, this, this man or this woman, this person less severance. So they're coming back to get with the road. So it's okay. We've got an HR department. We know how to handle it. So I don't think it's a realistic fear anyway, right? Exactly. I mean, most employers are smart enough to realize that once there's a law firm involved, now it's serious. Now they actually have to pay that employee something fair. They have to consider what we're saying because they know that 
that if we're forced to, we will go all the way to court. And in rare cases, that's exactly what we've done. Uh, and so employers see this and realize that, okay, these guys go to court. We don't want to be that employer that has to pay four times the amount uh, in court um, as we would have otherwise. And so we want to settle it now. And I can tell you from experience, John, in those very few cases that have gone to court, and they are extremely rare, but the employer in those cases consistently, I've, I've done the math on this, and they consistently end up paying four to five times times uh, what they would have had to pay had they settled it early. So you're, as an employer, you're, you're, you're insane to do that, right? And most employers yeah. have the common sense to say, I don't want to pay four times the amount and spend four times the amount of time that uh, I would have to spend to get this done now. So I'm going to figure out some kind of compromise. And 99% of the time, that's exactly what happens. Yeah, four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Still got some uh, some time here. A few minutes to call in with a question, and between that, uh, reasons why people accept bad severance packages. The employer has told them that they're an independent contractor, thereby you don't get severance. Right. And you know what? There are cases where people really are independent contractors. If you've got, you know, 10 different clients and all of a sudden one of those clients cancels their contract with you, you may be an independent contractor. You may not be entitled to severance. And hey, you've still got those other nine clients. So for you, it's not as devastating. But for someone, if you're someone who's working for one person and you've been working for one company for the last, you know, 10 years or 20 years or 30 years, in some cases I've even seen, you know, you're, you're driving around a truck with their name on it or you're you're, uh, you know, you're, you're reporting to the office every day and, you know, you're working through an agency. Uh, these kind of situations are, are, are things that I see. Um, then you're an employee. You work for them. Uh, and you, you know what? In some cases, you may be somewhat in between. You may be kind of a contractor and kind of an employee. So then you may be a dependent contractor and you're still going right. to be owed severance. So uh, for many people who are told they're an independent contractor, that's simply not true in law. And just because your your employer has forced you to sign something saying you're an independent contractor, it doesn't make it so. So this, these are the kinds of situations that you should talk to us because if you've been paid no severance, you know, we could be talking about a huge amount of money. Uh, so, so definitely give us a call if, uh, you know, you've been working for one company, they're calling you an independent contractor, and now they won't pay you severance package. And especially if they're not withholding taxes and you haven't been doing your job on your end, I mean, the CRA could come down on you, could get really, really messy if you're under the impression for years that you're an independent contractor, right? Right, but that is not the answer to the question, right? So even if right. even if your employer has not been withholding taxes at source, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, hopefully you haven't been uh, too um, ambitious with with your tax write offs, uh, which is, is separate and apart from all this. Yep. Uh, but just because they haven't been treating you properly for tax stand from a tax standpoint, uh, doesn't mean that now you're an independent contractor. It right. just means they've got an employment issue and they've got a tax issue. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, that's not a reason uh, to assume that you're not entitled to severance. You did mention dependent contractor in there, whereby, you know, it could be if you have three or four clients, one of them is the one you rely on the most of your income for, and thereby you could get severance from them if they sever the relationship. Is there a... Is there a general number? Is it 30% of your income from one client, 50, 70? Where's the threshold for that where you can be call yourself a dependent contractor? 
Yeah, so the the courts have have landed in in different places on on this. Um, typically, I, I generally follow the rule that if two thirds of your business is coming from one place, uh, you're probably a dependent contractor at that point. Uh, you know, whereas if you're less than half your business is coming from one place or around half, then it gets a little bit. Uh, a uh, little bit, le- a little bit blurry, and you start to look yeah. more like an independent contractor. But there has been at least one case uh, where two thirds of someone's business came from one location, and that was enough. Even though they had other clients, one third was coming from uh, other places. That was enough to make them a dependent contractor because you can't say that this person is now just kind of working on an ad hoc basis. They're they're something like an employee you know they're not quite an employee but they have that dependency and so they have to have notice if you're going to uh, let them go we are talking about reasons why people accept bad severance packages the last one for this uh, show today is this they try to negotiate the severance package themselves themselves that rarely works no, it, 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 it rarely works. And in fact, it, it can actually make things worse. Um, you know, and, there's, and that's where we come to two problems here. The first problem is that if you, send a, you know, if you send a letter or an email yourself saying, hey, I don't think this severance package is legitimate. I think I'm entitled to more. Well, the first thing that an employer, and I can tell you as someone who counsels employers and their counsel, are going to say is, this guy's not serious. Or this, you know, this, this lady's not serious about getting a, a better severance package because uh, if she was serious, she would have gone through a lawyer. She'll take whatever uh, we give her. You don't want to send that message, right? That's the first thing. The second problem, and this is an even bigger problem, is that people try to make concessions. You think, well, I can't ask for my full entitlements, so I'll make a concession, you know, what I think is reasonable. But what they're really doing is you're compromising your ability to negotiate for more. And now you've made a ceiling. So if you've made that ceiling too low, that's going to hamper our ability to to negotiate for you. So, you know, this is not uh, the be-all, end-all. I mean, if you try to negotiate on your own that doesn't preclude you from giving us a call afterwards and negotiating if that doesn't work out but if you are going to negotiate on your own please please leave yourself some negotiating room don't come in too low because if you come in too low that's a problem we probably can't fix I want to wrap up the show tonight with a couple emails. Hamdi's uh, up first, by the way, the email address anytime, not just now, is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Hamdi says, my employer just gave me a new employment contract to sign and offered me $1,000 to sign it. Uh, I'm not sure why. Is this normal? It is normal, uh, and you are going to see this more and more these days uh, yes. because there are new laws uh, from our province's highest court that have basically made most employment contracts unenforceable. So what is an employer's reaction to this? I'll just get an enforceable contract. And the way that an employer can get an enforceable contract to limit your entitlements, limit your rights on termination, is to ask you to sign a new one and to give you something in exchange for doing it, usually $500, $1,000 or something of that of that sort. But what's really happening in many cases, and I can't say specifically for Humby's case, but in many cases what's going on is they're giving you $1,000 while at the same time taking away $100,000 of your severance right or $50,000 yeah. of your severance rights. So speak to an employment lawyer before you do it. It may make sense to sign it. In most cases, it's not going to. You really have to be careful about these things because once you sign, uh, it's too late. And a lot of people think, well, if I don't sign, then maybe I'll be fired. And that's true, but maybe you'll be let go anyway. And if you're and if you're being asked to sign a contract with a termination clause, it's because your employer is planning on relying on it. So yeah. make sure that uh, you're preserving your rights before you sign off. 
So you can't say no. If you're like, thanks, but no thanks, oh, we'll fire you. That's okay. Thanks, but no thanks. You don't legally have to sign that document. You don't legally have to sign that document. Now, yes, your employer can let you go if you don't sign that document, but at least then you're going to be entitled to your full entitlements unless you've Mm -hmm. signed off on, on something else. But again, if you've signed off on something else, that's probably not enforceable. That's probably the reason why your employer is asking you to sign this new employment contract. Okay. Uh, so they may let you go, but they can let you go anyway. So you might as well at least have your full termination entitlements. Part B of my question to this one, because it's interesting. Now you do decide to sign it, but they don't give you anything for it. No 500 bucks, no 1000 bucks, no PASCO. What happens then? Is it legal? Well, what happens then is the contract is not worth the paper it's written on, ah, right? Gotcha. So now we have no consideration. But, you know, I, I think you're going to see few employers making that mistake right now because they're probably doing it under the advice of their lawyers who are telling them, okay, there's this new decision. Now all these employment contracts are illegal. We have to get new employment contracts. So you're going to see that $500 in there. But what those lawyers and what those employers can't force you to do is they can't force you to sign it. And, you know, the, the funny thing about this, John, that I'll just say one more thing is that if you don't sign it, you're actually probably least likely to be let go. Because if you're the one person who doesn't sign it, you're, you've just become the most expensive person to let go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so sure. you may have just bought yourself yeah. a whole bunch of job security by not signing it. Yeah. And we'll leave it there uh, for tonight. By the way, no, they're not getting this advice from their lawyers. And they're listening to this show. That's what employers are doing, pal. They're listening to this show and learning. So you'll get a bunch of phone calls, which John can draft you that letter, by the way, that employment agreement employer. So don't worry. We cover that side as well. You want to reach out now that we are done? No problem. one 821 Whether you're an employee or an employer, make that phone call. The email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And always pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll be back here Wednesday night. We'll get the weekend shows and, of course, the TV show employment law show on global tv and ctv on your weekend mornings as well don't move a muscle get comfy on point returns and it's uh, coming right back with arlene bynan stand by global news radio the preceding was a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of global news radio 640 toronto